good day, podcast listeners. I'm your host, Orion, coming at you with the first episode of Return of the Sith. So today, I decided I, well, would start a podcast. So this is the first episode and hopefully a long-running series. So let me talk to you a little bit why I decided I wanted to start a podcast. Over during the, over during, during the summer of 2019, I decided that I was going to start listening to my friend's podcast. Well, I really enjoyed it. The only thing I didn't really like about it too much was how long it was. Um, The episodes were almost two hours in length some of the times. So I decided I'd come up with my own podcast. Now, I didn't really know where to start, so I looked up a bunch of YouTube videos, and here we are. (laughs) So let me talk to you a little bit why I decided... Um, I would be a right fit for hosting a Star Wars podcast. Well, uh, it's funny you mention it. I started watching Star Wars at the ripe young age of I don't uh, freaking remember. Um, I say I don't remember because I remember a hint of something where I think I watched Star Wars when I was below the age of what I remember doing it, but my rem- the first viewings that I actually remember occurred around age 7 or 8. Prime Star Wars time. Um, however, I am not proud to say the order I watched the movies in. See, the order I watched the movies in goes like this. Two... One, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Rogue One. That is the order that I watched the Star Wars movies in. Still haven't seen Solo, um, but I'm not upset about it. Anyway, um, and not to mention the amount of time I put into the original Star Wars Battlefront on my original Xbox. Woo! And then I would go over to my friend's house, and we'd play on the PS2 and really just have quite the grand time, to be honest. So, yeah, I feel like that amount of history with the amount of toys and comics... Well, I'll get to that in a minute. The amount of toys and books I've read. I've, I've read much of the Legends literature, and I've just now started to catch up on the uh, current canonical literature in itself, in it of itself, and I believe I have almost every Star Wars game on current modern hardware, i.e. PS4, Xbox One, PC. Um, yeah, so I believe that I would am a fairly good candidate to talk about my opinion on Star Wars, mainly because of how much it has impacted my life, um, and how much it's influenced me in what I want to do, and how I see the world. So let me get a little bit more into that. I am a college student at the moment, and I study acting. Put those together with a Star Wars podcast. What do you think I want to do? Yeah, I want to be in the Star Wars movies. Do I think I'll get into them? Being honest, probably not. But I now have a Star Wars podcast, so there's that. (laughs) Um... So I decided that I would open each episode with a reading of a monologue from William Shakespeare's Star Wars by Ian Dosher. Uh, Verily, A New Hope. Uh, This is if the Star Wars movies were written in iambic pentameter. So 
Shakespeare being one of my favorite playwrights, I feel like this is a perfect fit for our brand new Star Wars podcast. So, uh, that is the overture. Come on, here we go. C-3PO in the first scene aboard the rebel ship. At last, where hast thou been? I fear they come in this direction. Pray, what shall we do? Oh, my circuitry o'erloads. My mind o'erthrown in fear hath it put its grip in my wires. We shall be sent to that place I dread. The Kessel spaces mines, whence no droid returns in there. Be blasted into what? Who knows? Anon, anon, R2. Where dost thou go? Oh, prithee thee, patience. Leave me not alone. I, even though I mock thee and injure thee, I sh surely die if thou ever leavest me. Yeah. So that that's just a fun little little monologue from the William Shakespeare Star Wars by Ian Dosher. So now on to the main topics for today. First off, let, let's start off with uh, some Star Wars news as it is. Uh, recently, Disney announced that the third and final trailer for the Rise of Skywalker movie, the ninth movie in the conclusion of the Skywalker saga that the third and final trailer was going to be released. I have a lot of problems with that. See, the last trailer, quote-unquote, that they released is approximately 2 minutes and 25 seconds. The first minute and 18 seconds of it is just footage from previous movies. Most of the other footage is from the previous trailer. So all I have to say is, what the fuck are they going to show? You see, Star Wars is a big universe. You can't make everyone happy. Everyone knows that, especially with recent events in the past two Star Wars movies that they have released. You can't really make everyone happy. But you know what's really going to piss people off? Is if you don't give us a few more trailers. You can't just leave us with that sizzle reel and call that a second trailer. Now, I appreciate what they did with Ray, and I'll get into that in a second. But calling that second trailer... Uh, I'm sorry. Calling that second teaser a trailer is an abomination and an absolute misunderstanding of what the word trailer means. Now, let me go into a little bit about Ray. Um, personally... As you can tell by the name of the podcast, um, I have become more of a fanatic with the Sith. This is only due to my recent understanding um, in my acting practices. So, Ray getting that double lightsaber, which is quite unpractical now that I think of it, um, but I really appreciate. It's just really interesting. I, I know that's a stupid way to put it, but I'm really intrigued as to what she has to say. No, I'm not going to lie. See, or I guess not what she has to say, but what she's going to portray on the screen. Um, but that lightsaber, that, that hilt is so dumb. I, I understand the where the concept comes from. It comes from the Clone Wars and the Jedi Temple Guards. I, I get that, but it's so impractical for fighting. Oh, Lord, is it so impractical for fighting. I mean, I, I, I've heard of some weird weaponry 
um, for my history classes, but this this is just impractical. I feel like you'd stab yourself by the time you went to go in for a swing. or It, it just doesn't seem like a good idea for a Jedi slash Sith or whatever the heck she is going to be in this episode for her to have. Um, but I do appreciate her experimenting a little bit with the dark side. You know, uh, I, I feel we need more representation of the Sith. Because the Sith aren't just evil. If you look into Legends, even if you look into some of the new canonical, new canonical stuff, being a Sith doesn't mean you have to be bad and evil and want to destroy the universe. No. No, 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 no. Being a Sith, instead of you being like a, one of the Jedi, being a monk and not being able to feel anything and just focusing on training 100% of the time, being a Sith lets you use your emotions, and it's a very it's a very human aesthetic to, to using the Force, essentially. So I believe that we need to, we should, I'm sorry, we don't need, we, we should see some more representation of the Sith, and it really explore that, because the only times that that's really been explored is in Legends 1, which one of my we'll get there in a second, I'm sorry <laughs> getting off track here, but is in Legends and then the comics that's really the most we've seen the dark side expanded upon, so anyway we'll, we'll, we'll get away from that we'll, let, let's move on to some more um, <laughs> pressing stuff when it comes to literature uh, the Star Wars comics you know, in front of me, I have uh, Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Star Wars Allegiance, comic number one. Uh, I just bought this today, and I read through it. It was, it was a quick read. I, it, this was actually the first comic that I have bought for myself, so I was really surprised at just how short it was. Uh, in fact, I put it back in the protective sleeve just because, you know, it's my first comic. I want to take care of it. So this comic takes place uh, a few years after the events that took place during uh, Episode Eight, The Last Jedi. And so it, ha it takes place on Tanuma. I believe that I'm pronouncing that right. And it's a, it's a good read. It's a, it's a good read. It gives you some context for, as for what's going on. It has some really good pictures. I believe that's page two. It's either page two or three. It has this this beautiful design of these star destroyers coming in and absolutely eviscerating the city. Absolutely eviscerating the city as per command of General Hux. And then you see some um, some jet troopers coming in with some other ships and stuff. It is quite distinguished, honestly, in its in its beauty. Um, and then they bring in they they bring in Leia, which. I don't know how I feel about that. I understand that she has to, she has to be in it because she's the only surviving character after the events of Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Uh, she is the only surviving. Well, she's not the only surviving original character, but she's the only surviving original character from A New Hope that's still around. And in real life, she's the first one of them to die. So. Uh, it's really sad to see Leia in here, especially since they get her likeness 
nearly perfect. I mean, as good as I could imagine for a comic book. Then it goes on to have Ray fight this, uh, looks like a rhino creature, rhino dinosaur creature. It's, it's interesting. Uh, I'll give it that. It's interesting. I don't know what it is. Um, eh. Uh, the, the fight wasn't too amusing. I wasn't absolutely enthralled. And then uh, Deus Ex Machina happens, and the Millennium Falcon picks Ray up because they need a pilot to go on pretty much a suicide mission. Uh, then the third plot that is set up in this is Poe and Finn have gone to a bar to locate a weapons cache. Which, I mean, is interesting, but then they're spotted by a spy, and the spy alerts the First Order, and you see Kylo Ren kind of getting pissed off that that uh, they, f- they have notice on these targets, and they just let them go. They're ready to let them go. So he goes in pursuit, um, and then Leia, Rey, and Chewbacca, they go to a planet we've actually heard of. This is, I believe, what they call the uh, the original world for uh, General Akbar, Admiral Akbar. Sorry, it's called Mon Cala, and and we've seen some people from this planet before, I believe. In fact, I think I could be wrong, but I think that uh, some of these people are from the original Clone Wars cartoon that premiered on Cartoon Network. So. Yeah, that, that, that is what it ends on. It ends on the cliffhanger of General Leia and Rey and the, basically the, the good guys getting held up at gunpoint by the people of Mon Cala. Now, it's a, it's a decent enough comic. And I'm really sad to say that that was my first like comic buying experience was just a bunch of setup. But, I mean, I guess they have to set it up and I don't really have enough time to read the, uh, the, well, maybe I'll give it a shot. Maybe I'll try to read the literature that they come out with, but this is really the first information we have behind Rise of Skywalker. So it's a little upsetting, just a little upsetting. Now also today at the comic shop, I bought the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Dark Temple number two. Uh, I say number two because the comic shop didn't have number one, so I'm going to wait for number one to come in through eBay, and then we'll have number, we'll re, we'll do a review of number one and two. Uh, in my opinion, the, on this, going back to the first comic, Star Wars Allegiance, Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, it's a serviceable enough comic. It has some good, uh, interesting points to it. You get a little more backstory on some other Star Wars characters, which I can appreciate. Uh, it's not a bad comic. It's just not very interesting. But it's a, it's a, it's the beginning of the storyline that they're gonna play out through the next three, the next three chapters of it. So it, it's gonna be a fairly short story, but I'm not upset. It gave me some interesting things to think about. And it, it, it kind of puts you in perspective as to where the heroes are before the beginning of Rise of Skywalker. Uh, it leaves them with Rose Tico and uh, General Leia Organa and Rey. Uh, they have to go collect supplies. They have to go get reinforcements. They have to do all these things to try and set up uh, basically the, uh, the next part of the Resistance so that they can resist the First Order who... Kylo Ren is on a rampage. He's on an absolute 
rampage. Uh, he he really just wants to end the uh, the resist the resistance, as it were. So that's my uh, that's my review of Star Wars Allegiance number one, and my explanation for why I don't have number one and two of Jedi Fallen Order. But when number one comes in the mail, we will do an episode on it. Don't you worry, we'll do an episode on those comics as well. Now into the the real meat of the video, we're gonna compare contrast and do all the good stuff um, about Star Wars Battlefront 1 and Star Wars Battlefront 2015. First of all, the title. Star Wars Battlefront Star Wars Battlefront Star Wars Battlefront 1, the original came out back forever ago. I want to say it was 2003 or 2004. Star Wars Battlefront 2015 edition came out well in 2015. And they had the audacity to use the title Battlefront. No subtitle, no number three, nothing. They just used Star Wars Battlefront. That it has to be one of the things that makes me the most upset when it comes to that, is they ruined the marker for Star Wars Battlefront 1. Anyway, uh, they are both, well... They are both shooters based in the Star Wars world. Um, the first Star Wars Battlefront actually allows you to play as both clones and the uh, the Repub Resistance Republic, the Rebels. Goodness, they're all starting to <laughs> they're all starting to run together. Um, no, so the the first game lets you play as both eras of time. The 2015 edition allows you to play only as uh, the Rebels. Or I guess they add Republic into that later because they have maps like Sullust and then Jakku, which they added for Force Awakens when that came out. So I'll give them a pass. Um, I'll, I'll say they have two eras, but it's not really two eras. It's more like one and a quarter because they didn't fully develop... Uh, that the third era of time, and the third era of time really is just the rebels again. It it's not it's not as definitive as clones and droids. It it's Imperials versus rebels. It, it's not that interesting. Um, yeah. So that's the factions. Now let's talk about the map variety. One, I can't really remember any of the maps from Star Wars Battlefront 2015. But I can remember a wide variety of maps from Star Wars Battlefront 1. In Star Wars Battlefront 1, you had two maps two maps on each of the planets. So you had two maps on Naboo, you had two maps on Kashyyyk, you had two maps on Tatooine, you had two maps on... Oh, what, what, what? Bespin. You had two maps on Bespin. I don't think there were two maps on Camino. I think there was just the one map on Camino. I think that was that was one of the uh, the alternatives, if there even was Camino. Oh my goodness, I don't even remember. I played the game just the other day, and I don't remember. But I can remember the layout of almost every map in that game. Star Wars Battlefront 2015. I didn't put as much time into. I'll admit, but um, I, I did put a good bit of time in. In fact, I pre-ordered the game as soon as as soon as it was announced. 
Um, and when I say as soon as it was announced, I mean the second that trailer came out of the AT-AT on Hoth, I ordered the game on my PS4 and pre-downloaded it as soon as humanly possible. I was so excited for this game, and utterly I was disappointed. I was utterly disappointed, to say the least. Um, yeah, I was completely and utterly disappointed. Let's talk about the vehicles. In Star Wars Battlefront 1, you have the option to drive any vehicle set before you. The spider walkers, the the gunship, the Republic gunship, pardon me, uh, the six-legged walkers on the Republic side. You could buy, uh, drive the, the wheel drones on Geonosis. You could drive pretty much anything. This game wasn't set up so much as a Call of Duty. It was more, in fact, set up in the vein of Battlefield, which originally, that's what it was based on. If you look into the, the history set before you um, of Battlefront, you can see that Battlefront was originally a mod for Battlefield. I want to say it was Battlefield 1945. Um, don't quote me on that. But I'm, I'm very sure that it, it was a mod. Well, I know it was a mod. I've seen the fact that it was a mod, and I've seen it played on a PC. Um, but yeah, Battlefront 1 was originally a mod for Battlefield. And so I got really excited when they announced that DICE would be working on the third installment in the Battlefront franchise, Star Wars Battlefront 2015. I was sorely disappointed, sorely disappointed uh, to find out the extent of what they did to that game. They added in these star cards or warrior coins or I don't even remember what they were. But they gave you a limited opportunity to be installed in one of the vehicles and that had to be one of the most disappointing things I could think of. Now, I, I remember spawning in on Hoth, going into the ADA and spending the entire game not playing the objective but just shooting rebel scum from the AT-AT. And it was wonderful. It was absolutely great. I could shoot down the snow speeders a blast of a time. Or I could be a jet trooper, fly around the map. It didn't matter. I was having a great time no matter what. In Star Wars Battlefront 2015, you had to earn, not even earn, you had to find the star card to jump into the AT-AT. It was absolutely ludicrous. And not to mention, all the heroes, you had to pick up the same coin. So eventually, people just started camping the coins. It it just made for a not enjoyable time when it came to playing as heroes. I understand what they were going for. They wanted fairness for everyone who was playing, and they wanted equal opportunity for everyone. I get that, but there's no skill in it. There's no enjoyment. One of the reasons the... the I'm sorry to use it, but this is the game I have the most reference with. Most reference with. In Call of Duty, when you get a score streak, you get to play in that. You know, that you get to have the most fun with the most overpowered score streaks. When you call in a gunship in Call of Duty or an AC-130, whatever you want to call it, and you are raining hell upon the map, you're, there is not not a smile upon your face. You are smiling the entire time you are raining hell, raising the earth below you. That was one of the most enjoyable parts about being in the Adat or even flying in the snowspeeder on Hoth. 
But this game absolutely ruined that feeling, in my personal opinion. But it, it did do some good things well, especially with advanced technology over the, oh Jesus, 13 year difference between Battlefront 1 and Battlefront 2015. Uh, in that time period, you know, technology had really advanced. So we got to have this... Oh, it was beautiful. It, I mean, it still is. I I can go back and play it. Uh, I, I play Star Wars Battlefront 2017 now, which we'll make another video on that one. But in Star Wars Battlefront 2015, one of the most memorable and iconic parts of it is just how immersive it is. You can go to Endor, and you are on Endor. You can see the Ewoks running around, and you can see every minutia, or you can see even the minutia part of their fur. It, it's absolutely gorgeous. I, I have no complaints about the visual aspects of it, um, or even the audible aspects of it. Physically, it is a beautiful and honestly a superior game in that vein. I'm not going to lie. When I want to look for visuals, I'll go to Star Wars Battlefront 2015 over Star Wars Battlefront 1. That's a fact. Star Wars Battlefront 1, it's dated. It, it doesn't look as good. It, it was made by the original people with the Pandemic Studios. Um, it, it's not a bad game. It's just... With time, we've gotten newer and newer technology to where we can see more important details. We can see footsteps in the snow. We can we can hear the tauntauns running about. It it's a completely different experience. That, that's all I can say. It's it is a completely different experience playing it in 2019. Playing Star Wars Battlefront 2015 in 2019. It, it's immersive. I have no other words for that. It is completely immersive. Okay. That's enough gawking at the graphics and the audio aspects of both games, even though I pretty much only talked about Star Wars Battlefront 2015, and I didn't really mention much of Star Wars Battlefront 1. It's my podcast. I'll do what I want. Let's get to the gameplay. Now, I already mentioned the star cards when it came to vehicles and power-ups such as Jedis and stuff. So, let's get into more gameplay aspects, i.e. the shooting, the guns, the variability, the grenades, and the game modes. Star Wars Battlefront 2015 had a vast variety of game modes. They had Conquest, Team Deathmatch, they had Capture the Droid, which was like a play on Capture the Flag or something. I don't know. To say the least, they had a larger variety of game modes. In Star Wars Battlefront 1, they had very rudimentary game modes. They had Conquest and Team Deathmatch. That was it. Those are the only two game modes that I recall. Star Wars Battlefront 2015 offers a larger variety of game modes, but I feel like it's at the cost of quality. I can go and play Star Wars Battlefront 2015 right now. It's just not the same. It is just not the same. I, I mean, that, that's all I can really say. Maybe this is nostalgia talking, but it I don't appreciate it as much as Star Wars Battlefront 1. 
maybe it's because they didn't have my favorite time period. Now, you can say I'm not a true Star Wars fan for really enjoying the Clone Era, but that's that, that has to be my favorite time period for Star Wars. You have so many different classes that you can play as, and it's such a rich time period that I don't think has truly been tapped. The only thing that would come close would have to be Star Wars The Clone Wars, but even then it doesn't really scratch the itch. And so, Star Wars Battlefront lacking these is just another negative tick, in my opinion. And maybe that's nostalgia. Um, back to gameplay, like I said, this game mode, this was. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 1 lacks way more game modes than the Star Wars Battlefront 2015. It, it's anemic when, it, when, you're, when compared together. Um... Let, let, let's get into first person versus third person. I've played a lot of video games in my day. I've played a lot of third person. I've played a lot of first person. And I can say that when it comes to Star Wars Battlefront, I prefer first person. I'll admit it. I prefer first person. That mid, that might probably be because of my Call of Duty roots. Let's be honest. But... I prefer first person. I just like being able to aim down the sights and just slightly moving the joystick on my controller allows me to be more precise and really punch my target. Star Wars Battlefront 1, it just lacks in it. It's a different time. These games are extremely hard to compare. I'll, I'll do it. I'll say which one I prefer more. I prefer Star Wars Battlefront 1 more. In my opinion, it's a far superior game with more maps, more characters, more classes, a larger time difference, time period difference. You can play as both Rebel and clones on the same map. You can't play them together, which would be interesting. That's Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, but you can play them on the same maps. You can play Rebels versus Imperials, or clones versus droids on the same maps. Overall, in my opinion, I know that it's a little bit of a mixed bag when it comes to when I compared Star Wars Battlefront 1 and Star Wars Battlefront 2015, but I can honestly say that I love Star Wars Battlefront 1 more than I love Star Wars Battlefront 2015. Yes, there's a lot of nostalgia in it, when it comes to me talking about Star Wars Battlefront 1. But I have to be honest. Star Wars Battlefront 1 offers more quality in the base game. I'm talking about the base game here. Because Star Wars Battlefront 1 did not have DLC. Star Wars Battlefront 1 in the base game offers way more than Star Wars Battlefront 2015 did. In comparison, Star Wars Battlefront 2015 launched with an anemic amount of maps, game modes, characters to play with, and options for ranking and unlocking weapons and character skins. Period. And end of statement. End of fact, end of statement. That's it. I mean, <laughs> I, there's nothing else to compare there. Um, nostalgia is a real thing. It really affects how people are influenced. So with that, I think I'll end my discussion on Star Wars Battlefront 1 versus Star Wars Battlefront 1, i.e. Star Wars Battlefront 2015 versus the original Star Wars Battlefront. I know I've said Battlefront a lot in this podcast. I just wanted to get the point across. So, 
I think we'll call that episode one for the Star Wars podcast. If you want to let me know uh, what you think of my podcast, if you want to tell me my podcast is absolute garbage, go ahead and tell me. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Um, if you want to do that, you can look at my Instagram page, uh, Return of the Sith1983, or you can email me at Return of the Sith1983 at gmail.com. Um, again, I thank you so much for this opportunity. And I hope I can give you guys some more quality content in the future. And hopefully you guys will stick around so maybe we can have something beautiful here. Also, I would like to maybe potentially have more guests on the show. One, so that they can see the terrible state that my laptop is in. And two, so that we can just get a better variety of voices and opinions on my podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And I will see you on the dark side.